Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied podcast. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorne and Robbie as your dungeon-occupying story weavers, we wish to help you as players and dungeon masters from the aspiring to the veteran with questions, ideas, and sometimes interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. Welcome, welcome, weavers all. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, as you can tell, I'm not Illidine. He is, at this time... Uh, recovering from COVID. He is fine. And we're here just trying to kick by and do some things without him until he gets back. It's me and Robbie today. Hola. And we're thinking we're going to uh, continue with this uh, class deep dive. And the next up seems to be Bards. So we're going to talk about Bard. Well, aren't we lucky? I'm assuming it, there's this. What do you feel about this uh, this class? Um, bards are typically, um, I like, I like using bards. The The problem with me, with bards and me is that, uh, when it comes to, <laughs> I have to be in the correct campaign to use a bard. Bards are very role, I feel like bards are very role play. Like they, they, they lend themselves to role playing conversation with NPCs and like dialogue. And then a lot of times when I am in campaigns that are really combat heavy is where I have a lot of trouble using the bard because the bard is, I feel sometimes the bard's support class, although they have added some really cool bard, uh, bard colleges that have taken out of the support class and put it into like heavy spell casting or heavy, um, like there's a combat bard also, although every time I try to play that combat bard, I end up, uh, <laughs> not doing very well but um but a lot it lends itself very well to a to support class so when i'm playing in, in a combat heavy situation i if everybody else goes down um i'm like well i'm just gonna peace out bye guys because i don't know what else do you want me to do like i mean it, as a bard like i there are very few like i'm not an offensive person and like bards i feel like bards are very much like role role play um classes so that's how I feel. That, that is true. They are very RP heavy. Uh, I do agree that they seem to be support class. And the biggest thing that I, I, it seems like I would enjoy playing bards. And I do on occasion. I've made some really nice bards. But it's not my favorite. And even in, in RP heavy games, it's just not my favorite. Uh, they tend, like you said, tend to be support class. And there have been some better, you know, subclasses coming out, more combat heavy. But I've always seen the bards more as background and it's, it's, it sucks. I mean, and if this is the type of player you like playing support characters, it's not a bad thing. If you liked it, you know, we know people that, that like that kind of character, like to help other people uh, with their hits, with their attacks and everything like that. But me, I like to be up front, and especially when I'm in combat, I like to be up front. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's the thing with the bards. Like you said that their background, um, but like they're also foreground. Like the the problem with bards is that they're they're in combat situations. They are background characters. They're support. They're buffing other people. They're giving advantage on like on attack rolls and everything. But when it comes to role play, they are the foreground. They are the like the the joke is you always throw the bard in to like uh, to, to situations where you have to like talk your way into something because that's where the bard's charisma stat comes in. Like they're very much a they're very much the entertainer, the 
the um not the leader but like the voice of the team and um it's I, when you're do, definitely when you're playing like like role play heavy like Chris Strahd or even like um Rhyme of the Frost Maiden when you need to like have like that uh that delegation or that um that uh in between between like the villagers and like your team like the bard's usually the one who's like oh yeah let me um let me charm them so that way we can get get what we need and the joke's always like the horny bard as well oh that's yeah that's that's like got your typecasting stereotypical yeah it's the horny bard it's the horny bard horny bard and I don't know about you, but I've played I've played a very horny druid, so I feel like every class is equally could equally be as horny. Um, <laughs> I completely agree. But um, bards. So a lot of the support is found in like bards, like main abilities, like the first three that it gets at level one and two. Um, bards have the get the the bardic inspiration ability, which is very unique to them, which lets them give people advantage advantage on um on like on their roles and ability checks which is a very much the support ability and it's pretty cool because like it, it's it doesn't where bards lack in their combat skills they do give advantage on to all their to all their um to all their teammates and they're able to like give them that advantage roles very much like as if someone cast bless on them but instead it's something that the players can hold on to and they can they can use at a later time when they want to so it's pretty cool yeah, and next is jack of all trades, which is actually a, a, a thing that I do like. I think it's a it's a very helpful thing. It means that you can add half your proficiency bonus rounded down to any ability check you make that doesn't already already include your proficiency bonus. So basically, it gives you a half proficiency bonus on every other ability check you have that's not already proficient. Which makes um like like I said, which makes the the bard a well a well rounded like character. Um, so when you, when you're in a social situation, the fact that you can get half proficiency on pretty much anything makes you more versatile when it comes to the social situations, less combat ready, but more, more able to like impress with whatever ability check is needed. And also the ability, which, which is Bard's other thing, also the ability to bluff and, um, lie and cheat your way through stuff as well. So like pretend like you're really good at something. <laughs> Isn't Jack of All Trades also a feat? Um, Jack of All Trades, no, but I think there's a feat that's similar that lets you that lets you kind of give yourself half proficiency. Um, I don't know what which one it what is on the top of my head. There's a lot of feats, so <laughs> oh, man, that's an episode onto itself. Uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of feats, especially all the feats that are in like the handbooks and in the source books, and then all the feats that aren't on the ones that have been created by people it's there's a lot of content to go through <laughs> um but the next ability the song of rest is also really showcases the the bar's ability to be a team player like um allowing allowing your allies to heal a certain amount of hit points while they're resting is very very useful and the the other problem i have with bards is they feel like they're very typecast into musicians and like artists um like the fact that they give you an instrument at the beginning like you're an entertainer and i i've (laughs) i like to think yeah bards are like the creative type um the creative types like the artists the musicians the cooks and and everything but i mean a 
I have always felt that bards should be a little more diverse and not so typecast into the musician role. Um, I don't know. It, <laughs> it really calls back to the, to the picture where like it's the bard with the guitar. <laughs> a lot of the bard colleges are starting to open up that because just just like the paladins that we, we figure are, are really typecast, bards mm. are, have fallen into that category also. And the subclasses, the new bard colleges that they're coming out with are really starting to open that up a little bit. And I think you just have to avail yourself and we just have to wait because Watsi and, and not just them, but pretty much everybody that has anything to do with any kind of creation on Dungeons and Dragons, it's starting to open up and it's starting to make more wide ranging characters. So, I mean, it, it it's not really fair for us to, to, to bag on it saying it's really typecast because they're trying to break out of it. Yeah, that's, that's true. That that is a fair point. Uh, they are trying to to break out of it. Like the new the newer bards, one of the bard colleges are probably going to go over. Probably not in this episode, but in the next one, um, is you can play a diplomat. And again, a role play heavy bard, but the fact that you can play a diplomat is pretty impressive. Like the ability to use like um, use your spells to like. Uh, to be a leader and use your spells to influence the masses is pretty, pretty, is pretty cool. So yeah, we'll, we'll go over that one probably in a later episode, but um, since today we're doing the player's handbook ones, but I can see what you mean, that they're diversifying their bard. Diversify your bard. (laughs) (laughs) And then at third level, you get your bard college. Now we'll go into the bard colleges here in a second. We want to go over the, uh, all the, the feats or features and stuff you get with just being the bard class. So we'll go over the few bard colleges that are in the player's handbook here in just a second. And at third level, you get expertise, which, oh, yeah. which is a feat. Also one of my favorites, you get to choose two more skill proficiencies now. And then at 10th level, you get to choose two more. And these skill proficiencies are just, they're what makes your character be able to roll easier, roll better. And you get to choose what they are. So you could have, as a bard, you could do the performance. You could do all sorts of different things uh, in your charisma or even in your ones that you lack. Maybe you're not very strong or maybe you, you don't have a lot of wisdom. You know, there's different things that you can do and with these skill proficiencies can make you better. And then at fifth level, well, because at fourth, eighth, twelfth, sixteenth, and nineteenth level, you get either a feat or an ability score improvements. If you're like me, I, or you like uh, Thorn, you just get feats. Feats. (laughs) Um, And then at fifth level, you get Fonts of Inspiration, where you regain all your expense. At fifth level, you regain all of your expended use of Bardic Inspiration until you finish a short or long rest. So that's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's a pretty cool ability, I guess. Um, I was under the impression that you already did that when you finished the long. Oh, it's only when you finish the long rest. But now when you finish a short rest, you get the ability to regain your bardic inspiration abilities, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's a, a pretty cool ability um, that lets you kind of refresh yourself even after a short rest, which I'm always a fan of. And next at six levels, counter charm, which again is more of a... Um, support role type of thing. It, it gives you the ability to use musical notes or words of power to, to disrupt mind-influencing effects 
As an action, you can start a performance that lasts until the end of your next turn. During that time, you and your friendly creatures within 30 feet of you have advantage on saving throws against being frightened or charmed. A creature must be able to hear you to gain this benefit. The performance ends early if you are incapacitated or silenced, or if you voluntarily end it, no action required. Nice. That, that right there, I mean, it's pure support cast. Uh, it's still a very effective thing, that, and it's very useful. Um, it is a, a, a slightly early level thing, so it does help with a, an adventure if you come in contact with a dragon or the fae or something that's going to try to frighten or charm you. Mind which flares. Can, like, mind flares. A lot of the players' handbook rely on fear, fear and charms. Abilities is one of the most common abilities in the player's handbook is that creatures are can fear and can charm you or cause fear in you. So, I mean, it's a pretty useful ability. Um, at tempo level, you get magical secrets. You have plundered the magical knowledge from a wide spectrum of disciplines. Um, you can choose two spells from any classes, including this one. A spell you choose must be a level you can cast as shown in the bar table or a cantrip. Chosen spells count as bard spells for you and are included in the number of spells known column of the bard's table. It's actually a pretty cool ability. As somebody who uses spellcasters a lot, um, the ability to kind of venture out into the other classes and pull spells from there is really, really, really useful. And you can kind of utilize very um, powerful spells from other classes, especially wizard, the wizard class where you can pull like um, more damaging spells um, you can pull something out like from the cleric class that will allow you to play more uh, healing bard. You can pull something even from the warlock class that would give you more useful or more versatile spells. So, I mean, it, it this is this is actually pretty cool. Um, you can pull something out from the artificer class, which would give you more uh, spells that gear towards um, giving your allies advantages. So. This allows you to diversify your bard. And at 20th level, what I consider a very lackluster, very lackluster uh, 20th level feature is that at 20th level, you get superior inspiration. At 20th level, when you roll the initiative and have no uses of bardic inspiration left, you regain one use. I mean, I mean, it could be helpful, especially if you're playing just a purely support role character. But again, I find it kind of lackluster. What about you? I mean... Yes and no. So I find it a little lackluster comparatively to like Paladins, like Indibility and everything. But, um, and like the Fighter and the Rangers, Indibility. But I also have to remember that the Bardic Inspiration usages, if you're playing a full Bard with no Divergent off to any other classes, um, Bardic Inspiration usages, usages actually play a big part in the colleges. So and they let we're going to go into the colleges right now, but the colleges let you burn bardic inspiration to do other stuff. Um, like uh, I know that the college of swords allows you to burn bardic inspiration to do flourishes, which are like maneuvers with your blades or like, um, I know that the college of, um, what is it? The college of creation allows you to burn bardic inspiration to like create a, a object that lets you that you can use in like battle or um you let you create bring an object into existence so it would be useful later on <laughs> when you need more ammunition for your uh college spells well you don't even get it till 20th level so i mean that's, that's later true. on yeah 
So as a 20th level one, yeah, it's kind of like, okay, I guess, cool. And it's only like one, you only regain one use, which I I guess. <laughs> I think they could have put more thought into it. And if you want to, I'm sure if you want to try to create something a little bit more splashy, talk to your story weaver, they might be okay with it. You just never know. And it's not very often you're going to play a 20th level character. That's true. But do you th- do you think the 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 issue? Because I feel like we have a lot of problems with like in level twentieth level abilities sometimes. Because we're like, oh, that's really lackluster comparatively. But I mean, by twentieth level, you're honestly demigod out of a lot of stuff. Like you are a god. Like you're destroying. Like I mean, I guess they could give you a lackluster ability at twentieth level. Um, not everybody can become like a sentinel of like their god <laughs> but True. i don't know i'm torn I'm yeah, like, I it, it, it is it is what it is i mean it's it's i don't know i just I, I, to me and maybe we are kind of biased against it because we do like other classes better maybe that's part of it we're also biased against it because we're like power hungry uh, <laughs> i would um, never so. say that <laughs> I don't know. I'm like I'm I'm biased against it because I'm power hungry. Like when I'm playing a 20th level character, I'm like, give me something that blows up a continent, please. That I agree with. <laughs> Let me one shot a trask, please. Please don't make <laughs> this more difficult. Just this once. I want a one shot a trask. What's wrong with that? Yeah, just, just let me please. <laughs> Um, now we make our way into bard colleges. So bards don't, um, bards are funny like that. And they, um, decide to go to college unlike the rest of us. Um, they decide to go and get a degree in something. No judging. <laughs> like the rest of us. Well, unlike the other classes, um, they pursue their education further. <laughs> I mean, that the, that's the joke, but like colleges are considered to be like loose associations, they're called colleges and they facilitate like the presence of like tradition and gatherings. And like, it's like, uh, it's the ability for, um, it's essentially a college. Yes. But not in the sense that we think of education now. So it's, uh, it's more of a gathering of bards swapping like knowledge and stories and everything. And that's where you learn your, learn your proficiencies and learn your, uh, path as a bard. And the first one is the college of lore. Bards of the College of Lore know something about most things, collecting bits of knowledge from sources as diverse as scholarly tomes and ple- and peasant tales. Um, colleges of, of Lore are kind of like, the they know a little bit of everything, and they know a little bit about um, monsters, they know a little bit about just how things work, how things function, and they have like a large knowledge base. Whereas wizards have a large um, research base and they kind of like, oh, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. Um, The College of Lore Bards have more of instinctual knowledge and they kind of know how, they don't know how to beat the dragon, but they do know the dragon's there. And they do know that uh, people talk about the dragon being there and they will warn you ahead of time as opposed to a wizard who doesn't know the dragon's there but knows how to beat it. Now, in... in one thing that I've noticed on this one is that the first thing off the bat is bonus proficiencies. You get three at third level, you gain proficiency with three skills of your choice. And again, this is more of the, you know, the, the rounding out. This has a lot to do with, you know, getting the most proficiencies and the most skills of anybody in your party. So you'd be able to do more and just be a completely rounded character. 
as far as skills is, is concerned. And I, I don't hate it because I personally, in my characters, I like to have a lot of skill proficiencies, which is why I do a lot of feats. But I mean, it's it's just kind of par for the course with a bard so far. Mm, definitely. And then my favorite thing about so a lot of a lot of my favorite content creators play bards because I mean it's fun to play a bard when you're creating content. Um, it's really easy to be uh, extravagant while you're playing a bard because bards are loud, bards are proud. Um, and uh, I know that Illidine's favorite thing is talking about Brendan Lee Mulligan and in his campaign, uh, The Unsleeping City. Um, Sh- Sh- I'm gonna mispronounce her name, but Shafan, she is like my favorite, and I can never pronounce her name correctly because I can't pronounce anyone's names correctly. But she plays an amazing College of Lore uh, bard, and this is my favorite ability that she uses um, because she plays an actress like a fae actress um, who acts on Broadway and she uses cutting words as just the sassiest and shadiest cutting words I've ever heard. And it's really funny. And cutting words are, are an ability to get a third level and you distract, confuse, sap the confidence and competence of others using your words. <laughs> it's like an insult. You're flinging insults, but they do damage. And it's really cool. Well, it doesn't do damage, but it reduces um it makes it makes people roll with disadvantage or it reduces the amount that their uh that their like attack or ability score would normally do and it's really really cool and and forcing an enemy to roll with disadvantage is amazing because it just it's so much better for you it's so much better for you because there's what's the chance of them rolling two nat 20s in a row that's true and that's my fault. I said they roll with disadvantage, but actually what happens is they use their bardic inspiration die to reduce the roll that they roll. So like say they roll like a 20, um, you can or say they roll like a 19. Um, you can use your bardic inspiration die to subtract the number. Well, this is what I was talking about with the bardic inspiration usages. Um, you can use the bardic inspiration die to reduce the roll by whatever you roll on your bardic inspiration, which I think by third level you have like a D6. So you can reduce it to about a six. But by the time you're level 20, I think it's like a D12 or a D10. You can reduce it by 10. And it's really impressive, I think. And at 6th level, you get additional magical secrets. You learn two spells of your choice from any class. Again, this is a big deal because you you can grab spells from the wizard spell list. You can grab them from the cleric spell list, the paladin spell list, any of them. A spell you choose must be of a level you can cast as shown on the bard table or, or a cantrip. The chosen spells count as bard spells for you, but don't count against the number of bard spells you know. Extra spells? There's nothing wrong with that. It's a decent level 6 feature. And again, extra spells from other classes, which is uh, really powerful. Like, you can... It's... uh, That combined with the the bards already already getting more spells, um, you can diversify your bard. You can honestly make your bard almost feel like a wizard by giving them more wizard spells to cast. And it's pretty cool. The peerless skill, uh, starting at 14th level, when you make an ability check, you spend one use of your bardic inspiration. And there it is, more uh, more bardic inspiration spending. And you roll your bardic inspiration die to add the number rolled to your ability check. You can choose to do so after you roll the die for the ability check before the DM tells you whether you succeed or fail. That pretty much just makes your bard good at everything. Exactly. 
And that, that actually is a very helpful because you never know. You get those mid-level roles. You're like talking like 13, 14. Like, I'm on a roll of inspiration. Don't tell me if I failed yet. And especially on, especially a 14th level where like your ability checks need to be pretty high, I'm guessing, or your your any role that you make needs to be pretty high. That really, really helps. So, And that's it for the College of Lore. And now we have the College of Valor. Bards of the College of Valor are daring skulls whose tales keep alive the memory of the great heroes of the past and thereby inspire a new generation of heroes. These bards gather in mead halls and around the great bonfires to sing the deeds of the mighty, both past and present. They travel the land to witness great events firsthand and ensure that the memory of those events don't doesn't pass from the world. With their songs, they inspire others to reach the same heights of accomplishment as the heroes of old. Okay, so think of The Witcher. Oh, hey, it's um look, it's the uh it's the path of glory of the paladin. I mean, the College of Valor. <laughs> Sorry, I, they sound very similar to one another. Uh so. they do. They do. And it, this is your prototypical bard in the mead hall, you know, telling the the tale like what's his face from The Witcher. Yeah, like uh what's his name? Uh, just Jaskar, Jaskar. Yeah, yeah, I can never remember his name. I can't remember his name either. But he's horrible. <laughs> um. Oh. Uh. So at the beginning of third, uh, starting at third level for College of Valor, you gain proficiency with medium armor, shields, and martial weapons, making you more combaty. Not combaty enough to go on the front lines. I learned my lesson playing a bard once and trying to go up front, and I died so quickly. <laughs> People have to keep pulling my dead carcass out of <laughs> out of the fray. Um, so don't do that. But it does make you a little more meteor. It does make you a little harder to hit and a little less useless during combat. Which isn't a bad thing, especially oh. the next thing you get at third level is combat inspiration. You learn to inspire others in battle, not yourself. You don't get the inspiration yourself. You inspire others. A creature that has a bardic inspiration die from you can roll that die and add a number rolled to a weapon damage roll it just made. Alternatively, when an attack roll is made against the creature, it can use its reaction to roll bardic inspiration die and add the number rolled to its AC against the attack after seeing the roll, but before knowing whether it hits or misses. Again, it's an inspiration thing. Um, if you're wanting to be combat heavy, again, this, 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 College probably isn't going to be frontline battle, uh, just like uh, Bone Daddy there said. It, this is about inspiration of others. Yeah, and it's it's about being the support, like the support for your team. But honestly, without support like this, um, your combats might go on forever. I mean, don't get me wrong; like uh, paladins, barbarians, um, fighters, like rangers, they all they're all super strong when they're going in, but like. This allows you to push push a little bit over the edge. Like it allows you to really make your attacks hit harder, make sure combat doesn't drag on, make sure that um, people get less damaged. And it's they do play a pinnacle role in the in the com combat economy. So it's I I love playing as a pro class. Um, I would just not a huge fan of bard, <laughs> but I love playing like a cleric or like a wizard, for example. You always hear me talk about wizards. And one day we will talk about wizards on this podcast. No, it will take a, it will take a week for us to get through. <laughs> wizards have the highest amount of subclass of uh, subclasses. 
and like it's well then we just won't we won't drone on about them will we bone daddy i have so much to say (laughs) i know you do but we won't drone on and bore our wonderful listeners oh i would never bore my wonderful listeners i was just you know they would be listening to me and then the podcast would be over and a piece of their brain would be missing okay they, they were going on yeah no what's the next thing um extra attack starting at the sixth level you can attack twice instead of once whenever you take an attack action on your turn um look it's giving you um it's giving you a little more combat combat stuff so i mean i again probably shouldn't go to the front line but it doesn't make you entirely useless in a battle so and extra attacks in my opinion are always a good thing the more times i can attack the better especially if you have an arrow a bow and arrow far away (laughs) (laughs) and the last thing at 14th level you get is battle magic you have mastered the art of weaving spellcasting and weapon use into the single harmo- into a single harmonious act. When you use your action to cast a bard spell, you can make one weapon attack as a bonus action. Oh, that's cool. Again, more attacks, the better. Yeah, that's that's actually really, really cool. Allows you to make a weapon attack with bonus action. Yeah, but a lot of times, unless you have that bow and arrow, you're going to have to be close to somebody else. Yeah, essentially. I mean, with... Combining combining your your stats, I guess if you have a high dexterity stat and you're using a pretty good amount of armor, but at 14th level, you're fighting things that are already could probably hit you really hard, and usually bards don't have a lot of health. That is true. So, so that, that that right there is both the colleges here and the player's handbook. Um, what are your thoughts on both of them there, Bo Daddy? I really like College of Lore. Like I said, if I were going to play a bard, I would play College of Lore. Uh, the cutting words makes it very easy to to keep your um, to keep your teammates alive, and the fact that you get an extra dip into other classes' spells um, would make you more versatile. You could you could take ranger spells. Rangers have really cool spells that um, really deal with um, crowds and like make it easier for you to hit. So I mean, it's. I, I think College of Lore is my favorite. College of Valor seems cool. I just, I've all, I've, my experience with being in the front lines and being a bard is not the best. Um, but if you're, if you're going to play College of Valor, I would think that you, that you'd probably play a significant role in balancing the call, the combat economy. Like you would, you would act as a, either someone who would probably give your, give your players, um, probably give your teammates advantage like you would uh, tie up enemies and then use disengage to get away or hit hit once or twice and then get away i don't know i i'm i i could see how it'd be useful to get that extra attack and then also to get that spell plus an extra attack as a bonus action but again at 14th level you're fighting bigger things like things that could sweep and probably hit multiple players at once so i don't know why you'd want to tie up that tie yourself up against that you'd probably want to stay in the back uh yeah and and i agree i mean college of lore i like it i think it could be fun to play but me being the more boisterous and more outspoken i would probably have more fun playing the college of valor um and as much as i like to actually be in the attacks uh i think the college of valor fits more my style and with that battle magic that 14th level you could actually you're hitting four times you can cast Definitely. two spells and two have two weapons attacks at the same time. I mean, that to me is is amazing at 14th level having four attacks. 
So I, I honestly think that I would probably be more comfortable playing the College of Valor just because it fits my style better. But both of them have their have their pluses and minuses. And if you enjoy playing um, support characters, Bard is for you. This this thing is built around support, and you could avoid the fight completely and just support your your party and actually help them a lot with especially the College of Lore. But it's it's very, like I said, it, it seems very as far as these two very typecast, and I've never been a real fan of being typecast so i think that it would if it's your thing great if you don't want to be in something that narrow and focused as far as these two colleges i would not uh i wouldn't choose them but they're they're, they do have their pluses so it's really it's up to you and you can talk to your your story weaver and make it whatever you want that's the whole thing about this you can make it whatever you want and you just have to talk to your story weaver Definitely. And bards, the other thing is to remember is bards lend themselves very well to multiclassing, especially that that third level, um, that third level ability just for just being a bard um, and expertise. Uh, so going three levels into bard with with any class would would greatly increase your versatility in that class. It would give you bardic inspiration and you could also choose a college and you could choose like cutting words, you wouldn't get a lot of bark inspiration if you're multi-classing considering um, it does, it does uh, stack into like your charisma. But I mean, if you're multi-classing into say something that already uses a charisma base as it's, as one of its mains, like it could, you could do sorcerer, even warlock bard. And that would, you could diversify both of those using the bard class. So, I mean, it it's, I, I like Bard for that. Like I, I will usually, I'll sometimes multi-class into Bard just to get that expertise and also kind of create some really cool battle dynamics with Bardic Inspiration and like meta magic and stuff. So, And I'm not huge into multi-classing. I never have been. I like too much to get to those higher levels in the classes I play. But I think a Bard Warlock would be a lot of fun. I think that would actually be really good. A bard warlock would be really good, especially um, with you getting expertise and then getting the um, getting like the warlocks. Uh, what are they called? I keep forgetting what they're called. The the special abilities you get as warlock, are, they're blessings or something. Um, I remember what they're called. <laughs> but the but those combined with the expertise would make a pretty cool little character. I oh, yeah. can see. I would definitely play it. I've played a I played a sorcerer bard before, and that was fun. I love meta magic, so I mean, <laughs> I, anything that lets me do cooler things with my spells is just is awesome. I, I usually will take meta magic adept when I when I'm a wizard, just so I can get access to meta magic, so I can do funny things with my spells. All right, and that right there is the bards of the player's handbook. Is there any final closing thoughts you want to give, Robbie? No, not really. I mean, uh, I feel like when we do the next episode, when we go over the more expanded Bard Colleges, I'll have a lot more to say because the expanded Bard Colleges do something pretty cool with the Bard. And it basically gives them openings to be more than just a support class. And so I'm looking forward to that one. But for now, that's pretty much all I have to say about these two Bards. Uh, the two standard ones you get. All right. So 
that's it for this episode, folks. Uh, just remember to have fun, steal everything, and don't forget to check those, those dungeons because this dungeon is occupied.